0: Hey friends, let me jump in here real quick to remind you of our sponsor, 25 Transportation and Solutions. That's 25 Transportation and Solutions. They give you quality transportation, delivery services that you can depend on, getting your freight to and from its destination safe and secure. Contact them at info at 25.org. That's I-N-F-O at T-W-E-N-T-Y, the number five. I-V-E dot org Or you can call them at 240-479-6376 See you out on the road Now, let's get back to Our episode of the Truth And Coffee Time Podcast back
1: to let you know That I really can't let you go
0: I'm too close to you uh-uh. Oh, and don't want no one else but you So stay by my side Like
1: I stay on your mind
0: What time is it, Mink?
2: It's Truth and Coffee Time
0: Hey friends, welcome to the Truth and Coffee Time podcast with Diverse Love I am Denise And I'm Brian Get your coffee or whatever your cup of joy is and settle in for some bold conversations, some random topics, a few cuss words, and a whole lot of us. Brian, let's go! Hello, hello, hello everyone, hello and welcome, welcome, welcome to the Truth and Coffee Pond podcast with Denise and my sidekick, doing sidekick-ish, Mr. B, Mr. B. Today, 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 we have one of um, a new friend of mine that I actually met about, I think, Sarita, you and I met about a year ago. When we was doing the joy tour. Yes. Yeah, yep. we were doing the joy tour and- I all every time I think of you, even this picture I just showed you out of your book with the collard greens. I think of Melinda telling us she don't eat collard greens.
3: Child, I still can't believe that <laughs> she didn't say she don't eat greens. She doesn't eat anything green, Winnie. so no spinach, no, no cabbage. I, I, yeah, <laughs> I couldn't believe it.
0: <laughs> every time I think of you, I always think of your face. Your facial expression was like we tried to go on, and you said, "No, no, no! Wait a minute! Wait a minute!" <laughs>
2: No, no cabbage. Yeah, because
0: no. she's she's from Louisiana. How are you in Louisiana? You don't eat no greens, no cabbage, no. Yeah, I, I remember mm-hmm. every time. And we,
3: and we troll each other now. So every time I make greens, I tag her, <laughs> and um <laughs> every time she sees something green on my Instagram, she'll be like, "Mm, it's too too much green."
0: Girl, she don't. Let me tell you, I went wow. on a, I went on a writer's retreat with her, Sarita, and. This, I, I, we would make salads and we had like stuff from bonefish grill. coming. She ate everything, but in no salad, no grill. I said, I don't even know how you live in. I don't know how you, you making it, but she, nope, she doesn't, she doesn't eat it. She's really, you know, if I hadn't seen it for myself, I would be like, come on now. But she Mm -hmm. really doesn't eat vegetables. It's like she had a bad experience with vegetables at
3: Oh, my goodness.
0: And to live in Louisiana with all that great, oh, my gosh. Girl, Mm. I know, I know, I know. But thank you, thank you. Sarita Chavis is with us today. And we are just, uh, as, as always, we're so excited to have you aboard. Miss Sarita is a Wine Spirit Education Trust Certified. Recipient out of DC. She's passionate for food and wine. One of the things I love on your newsletter and watching your social media platform is the food. I mean, I love wine, um, but I just don't know enough about it. I just know what I like. You know, I'm one of those people. Like, I need a sweet wine, <laughs> that dessert wine. Sure. That, but food, I do know about, it, and I love. Like, I that the vegetable, um, the the veggie patties that you just did the newsletter on. Love it. That's like a perfect for our leftover vegetables. So I I love it. Um, She is the founder of Vine Me Up Media and she's the producer and host of the Swirl Sweet podcast. Um, The Vine Me Up Media also, she has a Vine Me Up Media wine activity book. And I'm going to tell y'all right now (laughs) that it's going to test your wine knowledge. It is gonna test you. It is busting my butt, is vying me up wine and activity, but I love it. I love it. I love it. And she's a home-taught food enthusiast enthusiast. You guys have got to look at her social media the way she put foods together. Um, she's a wine professional dedicated to storytelling, diverse wines and experiments, and whether she is creating creating recipes or showing wine, what she does great. It shows you how to pair it with it. I even seen you do homemade chips and show me how to pair wine with homemade potato chips. I'm talking about, girl, go get it. (laughs) Yeah, because I'm a chip eater, so go get it. But Sarita, we are so happy you are here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome to our, our podcast platform. How are you doing today?
3: I'm well, and thank you so much for having me. And I just wanted to say, um, you love food, and you uh, everybody starts out with sweet wine, mm-hmm. but food and food pairing that can change the whole concept mm-hmm. and and it can make you appreciate it, can expand your palate. I'll say that, yeah,
0: yeah, oh girl, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I don't, there's not too many foods that I won't try other than the fact that, um, in the last what four years, mm-hmm. I've been vegan slash pescatarian. Oh, okay. So, so I'm only been doing seafood, but mm-hmm. all my life, pretty much, I've mm-hmm. done meats. And I know you you did one thing on your on your platform where you did something with a lamb. I want to mm-hmm. say it was around the holidays. And I've only had lamb like twice, but you made that lamb look so good that I told my husband that if I came off my pescaterian trip today, it would be for this damn lamb (laughs) recipe because it looked so good. Well, I eat a
3: lot of lamb because I don't eat beef or pork. Mm -hmm. So, Uh um, yeah, Yeah. but lamb is like the only like red, red meat. Oh, wait, it's two. I eat oxtails and I eat lamb. So, but yeah, low and slow. Yeah, that, that meat will fall off the bone. I got, yeah. I got
2: a question. When you say expand your palate, can you can you um, can you elaborate on that? Can you?
3: Like- sure. So one time I was on a wine tour. Um, me and my other homegirl, we were the only like sort of like wine experts on this tour. So maybe twenty people. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a cabernet that we tasted at one of the wineries that was dr- a drier style cabernet, so it wasn't really fruity and um nobody really liked it but um there was chocolate at the bar mm-hmm. i was like you think you don't like this but try this with the chocolate it changed the profile of the wine and they they were like oh my god it was like a light bulb went off and it just brightened up the wine so sometimes pairing can really once they marry they really can change the profile of each of each item especially the wine yeah
0: okay so 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 taking, taking something as simple as chocolate, putting it with a wine that you don't particularly think mm-hmm. you like, and then yeah. putting those two together kind of explodes the the profile. Yeah. And now this wine tastes totally uh, like you got a different perspective, a different exactly. Profile. That is crazy. I never see. I, I would have never, ever thought of that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I tell people, oh, don't give me dry wine. I don't like dry. I'm not a dry. But yeah. But I don't know because I don't know wine. So I just gravitate to something sweet because I don't know any other, you know.
3: And see, that's the thing. People say that they don't like dry wine, but there are levels to everything in wine. Mm -hmm. You may not like, um, like if you are into sweet wines, you can't jump to like, I don't know, something bone dry, but there's, there are a lot of wines in the middle that are fruitier, not sweet, but fruity. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of in between and you just have to drink.
0: Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. She giving us permission to drink wine.
3: There you go. <laughs> it, it also helps if you have, do you guys have Total Wine?
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Literally five yeah. minutes up the road.
3: Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's going there, going, go into Total Wine on Fridays. Okay. I, they have a, I,
2: I don't know if I can do that because last time I went in there, she asked me to go buy something and the lady talked me into getting those six packs. And I had like, I had like 18 bottles of wine. I come in here 300 and some dollars later. And she like, you're never going nowhere <laughs> again. So, uh,
3: I mean, total wine is like Costco. It's it, a, yeah, it, it, it is, yeah. It's awesome. So yeah. Fridays
0: they have wine tastings. So I
3: don't know how it works in your state, <laughs> but, um, the ones here, yeah, typically on Fridays. Okay. And there's a really big one in Laurel, Maryland. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they have sections. They have, they're probably three or four different tastings going on wow. on Friday evenings. Friday and Saturday evenings, usually. Mm-hmm. And um, each station focuses on, one might be beer, the other one might be spirits. Mm-hmm. And then there's like wine, might be uh, one or two wines. But yeah, just go in there and taste. Yeah. Um, And then also if you want something on a smaller scale, just find a nice uh, small wine shop, Mm -hmm. mom and pop wine shop. I love those because you get on the email list and you'll see a lot of times when distributors want to, they really want to push something. They really want to sell something. They'll do tastings uh, certain times of the week. Mm -hmm. Like my story started when I was, um, Because I work full-time, I have a Mm -hmm. full-time job, not in wine. Mm -hmm. And when I used to um, get off of that job, I used to bounce around the city and go to all of these free tastings in D.C. Because I was on everybody's email list. I knew the tastings took place on Fridays at 5 o'clock. So I would just bounce around. And that was a way to expand my palate also. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. That So that leads me into the question I was going to ask you. So how did your journey start? Like, take us back to the beginning and tell journey. us how did your journey start with you being such a wine and food enthusiast?
3: So um, my my journey started... Uh, I was in my mid-20s. It was my first time in California. I had a girlfriend who was getting married. She was originally from Sacramento, and her wedding was in, um, in Sacramento where she grew up. And I decided to stay an extra day to visit Napa. I'd never been to a winery. I knew I liked wine, and I appreciated it. Um, but, um, everybody else that I was with had things to do. So they had, had to either go back home or catch a flight. Mm-hmm. So I stayed an extra day and, um, in <laughs> Napa, the wineries open really, really early. Yeah, so nice. I, um, Sacramento was like 45 minutes from Napa. Mm-hmm. So I got in my little rental car. So this is back when, um, MapQuest was a thing and it oh, wasn't yeah. on your phone. Yeah. So I had pages of directions. <laughs>
0: We we Give drove me- all the way across the country with a map. We drove Whoa. from we drove from Alaska to to Georgia. No, well, oh, we drove from Alaska to Florida, from Florida to Georgia, from Georgia to North Carolina, and mm-hmm. then landed here, all on a paper map with a highlighter highlighting the highways and the roads. Wow, So
3: I mean, that, that I wouldn't be able to do. <laughs> <Mm-mm>. <laughs> For two reasons, I do not like road trips, and I cannot read a map.
2: Oh God, we love road trips. Oh, oh man. Did you get lost that morning?
3: I did not. I did not get lost. And my first stop was this winery called Artessa Winery. Mm-hmm. So Artessa Winery is known for their elevation, mm-hmm. really high up, beautiful views. And they have in like it's like a art gallery in the winery. And they even have sculptures outside. So you walk outside the tasting room and you see these beautiful views and these sculptures all around so i had a glass of chardonnay in my hand and i was just taking in everything yeah. mm-hmm. um the views it was a perfect day the sun was shining i was like whoa and it was like one of those moments where everything stopped yeah and i was like man that that was the moment that really changed my life in wine and i was i I've, I've been spending years chasing that moment
0: yeah. over
3: and over again so i'm having all of these beautiful moments where everything stops and it's like this is where you need to be. Yeah,
0: okay. So have you found many many of those moments?
3: I have. Happen? I have. They've come in different forms, mm-hmm. but I have. So after I got home from Napa, I um Amazon was was a thing. Mm-hmm. So I was ordering used books, wine education books like wine 101, French wine 101 and just reading through those, just understanding the language. Mhm. Mhm. And um, then, like I said, I was bouncing around, going to all of these tastings, and I just wanted to learn everything that I could. So um, that led me to emailing every Maryland winery. Back then, it was only like maybe 50. Wow. (laughs) Now it's, oh gosh, it's hundreds now. Yeah. But um, I emailed every Maryland winery, and three responded, one was serious. Mm-hmm. So that winery was Black Angel Vineyards. And they were like, yeah, we actually just opened. Come visit us. If you like it, you like it. And yeah, I went there and I spent the next five years working in the tasting room.
0: Wow. Oh, my goodness. So yeah. tell, us a, tell us a little bit about that experience. And is that is that winery still available today?
3: Oh, yeah. They're bigger than ever now. Yeah, they're huge. Um, yeah, working at a winery a small winery mm-hmm. is a lot of work. I mean, think about it. It's like, um, it's like having a second home. Mm-hmm. You're sweeping, you're cleaning toilets, you're doing dishes, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're serving, you're like a server. Mm-hmm. Um, you're talking to people. It's, it's, it's constant, mm-hmm. but it was one of the best experiences. It's the reason why I know all that I know, even with the wine certification, you know, it's a different type of learning. Right. Right. But when you're, when you boots on the ground, giving wine tours, you're in the vines, you know, talking to the winemakers, talking to the group of guys who come from Mexico to help pick these grapes, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's different. Have, so, have uh, you
0: ever picked grapes, Serena? Picked grapes and... Have I ever
3: picked grapes? So they showed me how to do it, but I, <laughs> <laughs> they showed me how to do it. And I was like, hmm, ooh, bless you. Because no, this is not for me.
2: There's a way that what is it? So you don't? I guess bruise uh, the grapes or something. (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
3: and then you have to know which ones to pick because some some are ready and some aren't, and and then there's the there's this thing not ready right
2: now. Yeah, yeah, they bit into it and it it sounded like
0: like a chip. chip. Oh wow! It was like.
3: (laughs) Yeah. And then there's a thing called canopy management. That's where you're clipping the leads, the leaves of the and the stems of the grapes to make sure they have enough sunlight. It's Mm -hmm. like a whole thing. Yeah. So and just going through that and knowing all that, it's like, oh, this is awesome. I will never open a winery. Never. (laughs) But this is great. (laughs) A lot of work. Yeah. And it's a lot of money. Yeah. It takes a lot, a lot of money. So we have
0: yeah. a um, one of our neighbors. Um, she does like the virtual wine um, tastings, where you sign up for the the wine event and she, and you um, buy the bottle of wine or whatever mm-hmm. that they recommend that they're going to be doing the tasting of, and then they do like this virtual tasting. Yeah, event. and it's 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 really cool. And I I went to a few of them when during COVID, and yeah. I had never I had never you know did it before but during covid you know i was trying to step out of my box and do all kind of new things to keep my sanity you know yeah and um i found out that that was was really cool because it was like all these different um, different young, you know, people on the call that had never met other than my Mm -hmm. neighbor. And then I invited one of my friends from Dallas and she was on it and we were literally, she was in her kitchen in Dallas. I'm in Mm -hmm. my kitchen, all these ladies and they had food parents with us. So we, you know, was putting all these foods together and putting the wine together. And, um, it was just really, really cool. So.
3: Yeah. Did you discover any new wines that you liked?
0: uh, Um, if I remember correctly, I gravitated again toward the sweeter wine because I think sure. I remember it was three wines there. One was a dessert wine. She likes reds. Yeah, one was a dessert wine, and one was a, a white wine that had like a um, like a. I, I feel like it almost had like a pop to it, like a carbonation to it. Of oh something. sure, yeah. And then the other wine was like a rosé
3: type mm-hmm. wine.
0: So um, the rose and the the red wine, I really like the the white wine. It was okay, but I'm not a real big. And I'm saying I'm not because I probably don't know what I'm doing. You
3: know what I mean? And because you're a pescatarian, yeah, you got. We have to get you some really nice white wines.
0: Yeah, please, Mm
3: -hmm.
0: please get me. (laughs) (laughs) So, so Sarita. Was was wine the wine talks and the good foods and the conversations and all that? That was a part of your nucleus of your family growing up. That you, were your you know parents or family into wines and different foods. Like was that rooted in you? Even though I understand that 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 moment you had you in, in the winery, or or are they looking at you going, girl? How'd you <laughs> get in this? You know, <laughs> Uh
3: child, um. There was Hennessy and Heineken on my table growing okay, up. Okay, okay, I was that's kidding. okay. Okay. that's, that's <laughs> our table. <laughs> so no, no, I did not grow up with wine. I mean, food has always been a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom is a fantastic cook. Mm-hmm. She's the she's the person in the family that brings the fried chicken and the mac and cheese. Those are very important items.
0: Yes, they are. And yes, right.
3: Are. And um, her brother is a chef he's a chef, he lives in Ohio. So I was always surrounded by food and food was definitely our love language. I mean, think about it when in, in the black culture, when someone passes away, what's yes. the first thing you do is take food to the family, That's right. you know, That's to start, right. you know, paying your respects. So food has always been important, definitely, yeah. but not so much wine.
0: Yeah, I agree. Food is uh, our love language. Mm-hmm. It really is, you know, especially in our house. I was um I was actually showing my my 14 year old and my 10-year-old uh grandjoy how to cook different foods. And and I was telling them that because they wanted to go fast, you know, everything is so fast, you know. Yeah. yeah. And I was telling them what you don't understand, what pe- what most people do not understand about food is that food is not a substance, it's an emotion. Mm -hmm. It truly is an emotion. Like you can, you can taste food and taste the love and the care that people actually put in the food. You can taste food and know when somebody rushed the food or they missed something or they didn't have time and they just threw something together, which I'm not, I'm not back, you know, saying that that's bad because we all have busy lives, but when you have time to put that love and that care in the food, it actually comes through in the yeah. food as you're eating it. You can feel that, that yeah. feel, you know. For
3: so. sure. And, you know, that's what I appreciate about Europe. I've only been to two places in Europe. I've been to Paris. I've been to Greece. Mm-hmm. In both countries, they sit outside and they talk to each other mm-hmm. over. It can be coffee. It can mm-hmm. be tea. Mm-hmm. And it can be food. But they sit outside, they look face to face. It's, it's a different culture and you can tell when they take breaks and take their time and yeah, yeah, you definitely feel it. And I, I I definitely appreciate that. But back to your point, um, it shouldn't be fast. I mean, I, I remember growing up and my mom making something like a pot roast, you know, how long like a pot roast can take. And she was just like, "Mm -mm, we it's everything is slow. Mm -hmm. Everything, everything Mm -hmm. is slow. So, yeah,
0: we lived in Italy for three years. Whoa, we that was one of the things that we brought back with us is that feeling like the month of August, they take the whole month of August off for reposo to just enjoy their families and to have vacation. I mean, everything shuts down. You can't get a pizza in our town that we live in. <laughs> you can't get a glass of water. Everything shuts down. And then lunchtime is not a rushed affair. Yeah. Like they literally sit out, they talk, they talk eye to eye, they're looking at mm-hmm. each other, they're touching each other. They're laughing all over this beautiful uh, palette of food and wines and and things. And they really take time to see each other over that period of dinner or lunch or whatever, you know, and, mm-hmm. and that was the one thing that we absolutely loved about being over there. It's like, sit down, take your time. You know, uh, one of the families over there told us that Americans, um, they, instead of them um work uh letting their money work for them so they can relax. They work for money. They're yeah. always chasing money. Yeah. So their stress level is high. They don't take that time to just sit back, you know, and see each other. Mm-hmm. You know? So yeah, I, I totally agree. We, we Did have- you guys
3: watch the um Stanley Tucci documentary?
0: I haven't seen the Stanley Tucci documentary, but um we were looking at um this series with um uh, Zoe, and I don't know why I can't think of her last name right now. It was called From Scratch.
3: oh you talking about Zoe Zaldana? Yes. Oh, child.
0: Okay, and it was it was based in Italy. Did yeah. You see that? Yeah, I did. I didn't. I, and it's a true story. And and we first of all, the storyline has tugged on my heartstrings for a yeah. month after watching it. Yeah. But to see it set in Italy and all the different things, it was shown in Italy. Me and my husband was like, remember that and look at that. And, you know, so, yeah. So, so the Stanley Tucci, is it based in Italy? Yeah, he's,
3: he's Italian on both sides Mm -hmm. and it's called Stanley Tucci Finding Italy. Mm -hmm. And it's just him bouncing around um, different places in Italy. And um, I didn't realize that certain parts of Italy, pasta was a thing, but other parts um yes. rice and risotto is a thing. Yes. So yeah, he breaks all of that down. It's it just makes you want to eat and drink and just live in Italy. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic.
2: When when we were there, we were learning how to speak Italian, mm-hmm. trying to actually, you know, blend. Mm-hmm. And we were in northern Italy. We visited southern Italy and we were talking and they didn't understand anything we were saying. Because the dialect <clears throat> is different. The dialect is wow. different and the way they pitch it is different. Mm-hmm. So it's just like if you're up in New York and you talk and you have that little accent and then yeah. you go to Alabama and you have a little accent. Yeah. So it was like different and uh and and it's the parks are different and the yeah. way they the their governments are mm-hmm. different. I mean it's 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 weird the way they the way they control it down there is pretty, it's pretty different. Yeah. But it was a, it was a, it was a good
0: time. We loved it. And where we were like um, pizza, fettuccine, linguine, all that was like a huge thing. You know, and then when we would go up into Naples, it was like nochi, or nochi, and uh-huh. the risotto. And so we totally know what you're talking about. We yeah. had a family over there that kind of adopted us, and we would go have dinner with them. Oh man, she had a brick oven in her home. You she know, made the
2: noodles like <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, like in her hands mm-hmm. and, 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 and as put them together, it, and- as she would flip it. <laughs> it would it would like go from 4 to 8 to 16 yeah. to 32 to Oh 30. my goodness. And once they got they would cut them and then throw them in the wall. I was like, "Man, that's 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 neat."
0: It was beauty mm-hmm. in motion and then she slide the pizza or the calzone in the in her brick oven and they'd have a whole spread out there for us and we sit there for 3 4 hours mm-hmm. and just talk and her and her husband spoke no English wow. but her son their son spoke English. And so he would translate for us and, and we would make it work for three, four hours. We we're sitting there with his family having an amazing time, even though there was a language bearer, and it was just all love. All
2: love. As the years went by, we could actually talk to each mm-hmm. other, but it was a it was it, it got back and forth. He was he was real prominent over there. I think he was the Alex. president of the bank, and mm-hmm. his son was an RB singer.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Oh. And wow fact you know, something you don't know about Denise. They used to sing mm-hmm. in all these clubs and everything. It was get crazy.
3: out of here. He
0: mm-hmm. was singing. They were and that's how we met toward, them. That's so- how we met.
3: Oh man, that's fantastic.
0: Yeah. So it was really cool. We had a great time. So I totally, I totally, totally get where you're talking about. So we're gonna jump, we're gonna jump back uh-huh. from the journey and we're gonna talk about a little bit of your platform, you know, Vime Up Media. How did that come did how did that come out of all that you're loving with wine and and food? How did the vine me up media uh, platform um, come up?
3: well <clears throat> it started with a blog um while I was working at the winery um when I went to the different tastings, I would find interesting bottles and I would bring it back to the staff and say, "Hey, I discovered this yeah. taste it and and I would share it with others and I would do that like week after week. And then I would also, uh, it's called like micro blogging where you post on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And and so I would post on Instagram um, what I discovered and what my favorite was. And people were like, well, why don't you just start a blog? And can you imagine, even with years of experience, I was like, I don't, I'm not qualified to have a blog. Mm -hmm. Like I, (laughs) I can't do that. Yeah. And um, I was like, I don't even have a certification. I I can't possibly start a blog, Mm -hmm. Um, which was not true Uh, in hindsight. Yeah. In hindsight, I should have started that blog when I came back from Napa. Mm -hmm. That's when I should have started that whole journey. Mm -hmm. But um, anyway, I eventually started a blog. I got my certification with WSAP, started the blog, and um, the blog opened a lot of doors. So,
0: But wait, I want to ask you a question. About your certification, was that yeah. a long process? That certification, um, or was it? it
3: was, a- I think it was about four or six weeks. Okay, All right. and it was an in-person class. Um, okay. We have a Capital Wine School here in DC, mm-hmm. and yeah, it was about um, six weeks of of courses, and then uh, you took an exam. Okay, got you. yeah. That was about it. So um, I started the blog, and the more I blogged. Um, the more networking I got to do, that's one thing about DC—you can network yes. your butt off. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. people care about what you do and what you what yeah. they can give you, what you can give them. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah, it's a whole thing. It's a beautiful so exchange. It can yeah, and but sometimes it can be irritating. Mm-hmm. But yes, <laughs> but um, the more I started network, um, and then once you start, once you are seasoned in the industry, your name and email address is added to all these PR lists. Oh. So that's when you get invited to tastings at embassies, mm-hmm. um, wine dinners. Yeah. Um, and then you can also like, start receiving wine to blog about. Wow. So I was heading in that direction. And that's how I met the Swirl Sweet Girls. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So my first interaction with um, one of the co-hosts was I was working at a winery and she was doing research for her wine tourism business.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And she stopped in. She wanted to do a tasting. And I did her tasting. Mm-hmm. We were, of course, I, I was looking through a, a sea of white people. And I saw somebody black. Of course, I waved. was yep. by herself. So I waved yep. her over like, come on, girl. Let me do your tasting. Yeah. I did her tasting. And we realized we had a lot in common. Didn't live far from each other. And she was just like, yeah, we need to have dinner. We've been buddies ever since. That so through wild. her... Through her, she was just like, "Oh, I want some. I want you to meet somebody." Yeah. Uh, that person was Tanisha, who lives in Paris, yeah. and through Tanisha, I met Glennis, um, who also lives in Maryland, just mm-hmm. like Leslie. But um, that's how we all met because we were sort of we were doing something different in wine, but we were in the same spaces. Yes, yes. So um, we started to hang out more and see each other more. And there was this one particular moment where. We all were at the same event, and we went to dinner after, and we were just wine nerding out. And I was looking around. I was like, do people know that this happens? Do people know that we are here? We're four black women, educated in wine, doing doing great things. I wonder if anybody noticed, has noticed us. Right. So I was like, this deserves a platform. So we started out as a YouTube show. Mm-hmm. Okay. We would get on YouTube. Don't look it up because it was terrible. It was. <laughs> we started as a YouTube show, and um, we would just talk about wine. Um, <laughs> I, we we would pick a topic, and we just show up and talk about wine. That sort of morphed into a podcast because podcasting became a thing. I turned yeah. the audio from that show <clears throat> into yeah a podcast, and we became the Swirl Suite. That sort of, that, that happened. So now I have the blog and I have the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I did those two for years. Um, and I've had to pivot in many ways, but Absolutely. media has always been under my, under my belt. Yeah. And um, eventually I wanted to get better at just having a show in general. So I took up um, a production course mm-hmm. at a local station called DC TV and, Yeah, I took a a production certification course, and that was about six weeks. They just showed you how to organize a show, regardless of what the show is. It could be a TV show, Mm -hmm. um, my podcast, but it just shows you how to create an outline, um, just how to be a lot more organized. Mm -hmm. And that helped me uh, a great deal. And eventually, I started to produce another podcast um, with two friends. They're two um, black female entrepreneurs here in D.C., and they just pretty much journal their experience being entrepreneurs. But that's another show. It's called Beads and Butter. So um, once I got um, a business coach, Mm -hmm. she explained to me, you're like a media company. All of these things, you're like, you're growing in branches and you need, you need a little more streamlined, like an umbrella. Right. are Vine Me Up Media, that's, that's what you are. So that's kind of how that went.
0: So, did she come up with the name your your code? Vine me up. Yep. Yeah,
3: mm-hmm. No, Vine me up is that started from my blog, and I just you know what I was doing? I was scrolling through my playlist, mm-hmm. and um, y'all know what Chuck Brown is? Yes. yes. Okay. Just checking. <laughs> <laughs> so of I was scrolling we,
2: we've through lived my in DC, yeah, Maryland, and Virginia. Virginia. We're currently oh. in Virginia, so we we were Northwest in uh in DC mm. right above. What is that? Water
0: Reed. Walter Reed. So, oh, very nice. So almost Silver Springs. You yeah, know, got like, you. On that, on got you. So yeah, when so people it. say the DMV, we are truly the DMV. We have lived in
3: all of the DMV. All. How th- far is uh your city where you live from DC?
2: DC, thirty minutes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: Oh, okay. I didn't realize you were that close.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: Okay. So um oh so I was scrolling through my playlist mm-hmm. and Chuck Brown's uh one of his songs came on. And it was like, why? It was wind me up, Chuck. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, wind me up. I could, but that name was already taken. Wind me up was already taken. Mm-hmm. So I was talking to a friend. She was like, oh, why don't you just use Vine? Mm-hmm. I was like, ah. Oh. Well, there it is. That's where the name came from. <laughs> <Okay>. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> love it. Love it. So, so how did you stumble? Okay. So you went to got Vine Me Up. You did the microblog, the blog, the YouTube, now mm-hmm. podcast for the Swirl Suite, and you're producing Bees and Butter. Yeah, and now pops up your Vime of Activity Book. Yeah, tell me about that. How did that birth?
3: Yeah, well, you know, we were all stuck in the house a few years ago, mm-hmm. and um,
0: a lot of books birthed out of COVID.
3: Oh yeah, 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 for sure. I um, and I'm a puzzle girl. My brain works in you know, sort of like bullet points and, and puzzles. So I ran out of puzzles. So I was on Amazon. And I was like, oh, well, I need more puzzles. And I was like, huh, I wish somebody did like a wine puzzle book. That'd be really cute. Never thought anything about it, but my puzzles moved on. Yeah. Went to sleep and had a dream that I released the book.
1: Mm.
3: And I couldn't shake it because it seemed so real. Yeah. So I got up like, oh, a book. Like I could see the event, yes. I could see the book, but I was like, oh my gosh, that's crazy. So I looked to my nightstand, I'm sitting up in bed and I looked to my right on my nightstand and there's one of my word finds with a wine glass on top of it. And I was like, oh, there it is. That's the book. That's wow. the book.
1: Oh, Yeah.
3: I found a website that turned um, words into puzzles, like created word finds and you know, crossword puzzles, that kind of thing. I just use that. And I use Canva for all of my other ideas, like the, you know, find the objects in the picture kind of thing. And I just thought of all of the little puzzles I used to do as a kid and use wine. And of course I wanted to highlight um, the BIPOC community in wine. So there and there, yeah, a lot of articles are written by some fantastic people. Mm-hmm. And so that's in there. And yeah, that's maybe six months later with a lot of help from Kimly,
0: mm-hmm.
3: uh, That yeah, the, the book was born.
0: That is amazing. Now, wow. what have you what challenges have you faced getting your platforms up? Because you are doing a lot and you have mm-hmm. a full-time job. Yeah. You know, what challenges are you facing in that journey? Or what challenges have have you faced in that journey?
3: Well, I mean, a challenge is always going to be with with a podcast. It's it's all me. I it, I come. Everything comes out of my pocket. That's always going to be a challenge having um, having a show with no sponsorship. Mm. So
0: yeah, we know we have we have we have a sponsor, but it's not like what we what we want. But we just sure. just keep trucking on. Keep exactly dating, just, yeah.
3: Know. Yeah. A lot of people say, just keep working. The money will come. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, that's that's always going to be a challenge. Um, and then as far as my platforms, I mean, to me, the technical part, that's the easy part. Mm-hmm. Creating the account, that's the easy part. Mm-hmm. But my biggest challenge is actually showing my face.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: I'm much more comfortable behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, producing another podcast I love because I don't have to be the forefront of anything mm-hmm. or the face of anything yeah even with the swirls we i if i'm honest i wanted a more collective
2: what's up y'all it's me i'm a grand joy. speaking of grand joy, you should get the book on DiversLove.com, amazon target and walmart you should listen to the podcast too truth and coffee time it's on spotify and apple Podcasts.
1: bye-bye see y'all later
3: um, podcasts, mm-hmm. well, where everybody did a little bit of something, but my other co-hosts, they have other jobs and other responsibilities too. Yeah. So I've had to take the lead. It's just like, get comfortable with the uncomfortable. And that's, yeah, mm-hmm. that's it. Yeah. Those are my challenges.
2: So, so time management, mm-hmm. I would say would be one of your biggest issues. All of us too. because we Well,
3: six, I actually, yeah. I, because I get up early, mm-hmm. I, I get up early. Most, most days I'm up. We do too. That's yeah. Between well. four and five. And I get a lot done there. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, all a process.
2: Time, you got to continue to get up earlier and earlier and earlier.
3: It's yeah, yeah. It's true. It is true.
0: So tell us a little bit about your food enthusiast journey. Sure. You know, I, I love, like I said earlier, we were talking before we hit record is that I love seeing you put together all these different types of recipes on your social media platform. You guys have got to look at her Vine Me Up um, platform. All these different kind of hacks you have and these little tricks. <laughs> and, you know, I'm one of those people because I'm a foodie. I read the newsletter, you know. <laughs> you I do, I, yeah. I, I read your newsletter. I watched what you do on the platform. I've used some of the the, resi- the recipes, you know, you've done uh, the chicken salad recipe, the potato chips, the the well, I wouldn't do the lamb, but that's the one that that keeps coming back to me. Like if I break this special <laughs> here, and it's going to be for that that damn lamb. That
3: <laughs> <laughs> and so it's interesting. Um, I've always had a thing for food and wine pairings, but it didn't get really serious until. Until the pandemic when everybody was in the house. Mm -hmm. So um, I have a friend who had this campaign called Black Wine Stories. Mm -hmm. So she arranged for um, black people who are in the wine industry to post their story on a specific day. Um, My day is for the month of February. So my day fell on Super Bowl Sunday. Ah. And so I was like, well, I'm definitely going to do a wine pairing. So I figured out. I'm gonna do oh like fried chicken, I'll do a salad, and I did something else.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: But how it came together, I got up really early. I was frying chicken really early and making this um making this meal, I did not plan to put my face on it. But as I completed the meal, everything was plated and everything, the sun was coming up, coming up, and it started snowing. And I was like, oh. <gasps> Oh I gotta I, I, gotta, go, I gotta go outside. Yeah. And I got okay, so I went out I went upstairs, I took my hair down, I threw on a shirt and a scarf mm-hmm. and I grabbed the umbrella and I took the food and wine out there, and I just hit record. Yeah And I edited, um, and it came out really, really cute.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And um, when I posted it on Instagram, I mean the response was was incredible. They were like, this is what you should be doing every week this is where you belong. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh boy. Well, all right. So (laughs) that's where, um, that's where the food pairing really got serious.
1: Um,
3: and I started doing it. I think I've been doing it weekly. My face might not be in there every time, but Mm -hmm. I've been doing it weekly ever since. So maybe about two, two years going on three. Mm -hmm. So Yeah.
0: Now my me and my husband was talking my he we were talking about your husband is your husband into food pairing and wine and is he as as a, as into it as you are
3: Oh no 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 he loves food um he loves wine he loves beer he loves to drink um but does he care? Not, 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 not really. If I point it out, yeah, if I point it out, he'll say, oh, okay. Yeah, that's, yeah. I wouldn't have thought of that. That's nice. <laughs> yeah. But that moment is going to pass.
0: <laughs> that's what it, we were talking about
2: that. I said, I, I said yeah, I, I drink beer. Mm-hmm. I drink beer but, yeah. But wine, Um, I wasn't as into wine as she was. And mm-hmm. when, like, she'll buy wine or she'll ask me to go get get a particular bottle. Let's try it or something like that. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't go to the store to get it. I was more into beer and whatnot. Yeah. yeah.
3: I'd be curious of what you think because Leslie Freelo of the Swirl Suite, she has a wine club. Mm. I'd be curious of what you think about her wines because she has a fantastic collection. I just ordered a case yesterday. That's where I get my wine now.
0: Well, you have to give us the information because what we do do we, mm-hmm. have two, we have two Air, Airbnbs. We partner oh. with my, we have two Airbnbs and we partner with our oldest daughter and her husband and we keep boxes of wine at the Airbnb for our guests. Oh, nice. So uh, we would love to know the information for that That's wine club because oh, that
3: would be awesome. Because
0: yeah, We buy it and we set it up. And what would be really cool is now that I'm even thinking about it, my, my brain is working
3: you mm-hmm. know,
0: is that we set that wine out and have a little clip, a little thing there to tell them foods that they can pair.
3: Oh, yeah. That
0: wine while they're at the Airbnb, because where our Airbnbs are, it's literally in the heart of the resting community. And they can literally uh-huh. walk to all these different beautiful restaurants there. Sure. You know.
3: Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah, her wine club is called the Wine Concierge. But, yeah, I'll definitely get that information yeah, to you. Yeah,
0: get that information okay. um, to us. We would love to know that. Love. That's to. amazing. So, now what is the most expensive wine that you've ever drank, if you can remember, Sarita? And what is the
3: cheapest wine? (laughs) And how (laughs) do those two compare? All right. So, I had to write this down because I had to do some research. (laughs) I had to do some research on this one. Okay. Okay. This October, I I have a podcast mentor who Mm -hmm. is also a wine podcaster. Um, he invited me, he lives in New York. He invited me to a wine dinner, a vegan wine dinner
1: Mm -hmm. at
3: 11 Madison park. Mm
1: -hmm.
3: Um, right now it's a vegan restaurant. So I was like, well, I'm not missing this. So (laughs) I took the train to New York. Uh, and it was like on a Monday night or something. Mm -hmm. I took the train to New York on that Monday. And, um, one of the bottles was a 2000, Okay, here we go. A 2013 Barbaresco.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Okay. And the, the winemaker is called Roagna. Okay, 2013 Roagna Barbaresco. So that's 100% Nebbiolo, an Italian varietal.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: That bottle, I looked it up. <laughs> that bottle is, it ranges if, like, the only way you can get it is if you're, like, um, a wine collector mm-hmm. and you want to mm-hmm. bid on it. So oh, wow. that ranges from $1,500 to $2,500. A bottle? A bottle. Oh, yeah. As of today, I think that that's probably the most expensive bottle I've had.
0: Mm-hmm. That's wow. How was it? How was the flavor profile?
3: <laughs> it, was for, it was wonderful. It was... That bottle was memorable to me um, because of the food also. I forgot exactly what I had with it, mm-hmm. but... I think it might have been some sort of carrots. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was it was like some sort of carrot dish that I thought was fantastic. But you know, you ever feel like you drinking money. That's kind of what it is. <laughs> <laughs> like, yo, this got it. Like me Yeah.
0: And, uh, me and me and Mr. B went out with a really close friend of ours. Um, and he took us out to um I forget what the restaurant was, uh Copper Canyon, I think it was. Oh,
3: Copper so, Canyon. Uh-huh.
0: So he lives in Florida, and every now and then he'll pop back in. He's from he he lived in the DMV area. So um, uh, but he's since moved from New York now to Florida. He'll pop back in and he'll always come, you know, hey, come meet me here, come meet me there. He is mm-hmm. a foodie, a wine person, a cocktail person. Like his whole thing is 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 food, fun, and fellowship, you know? Mm-hmm and one time he took us out to this uh to the restaurant and he ordered us a shot and i want to say those shots was 60 70 75 dollars a shot oh, wow. or whatever whatever 25 yeah it was a McKellen and it was very great oh, yeah expensive literally when i drink it i i knew immediately <laughs> that that was expensive compared yeah. to what we would drink. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So when you say you're drinking money, I'm telling you, I knew it immediately that yeah. that was an expensive, you know, drink. Yeah. So yeah. I totally understand.
3: Yeah, it was just one of those moments where there was a sophistication and like a silkiness in the wine that I that I hadn't had before. Mm-hmm. But it's the wine because it was a wine tasting we went through. It was several different bottles that the the food was paired with, but it was that one that I kept going back to.
0: Mm. Okay, so now what was your cheapest? What has been your cheapest bottle? Oh, cheapest bottle. It's probably before you got into all this, right?
2: Uh,
3: but I remember it because <laughs> the thing is, cheap wine gives me a headache and it'll make me sick. Ooh. So... Yeah. I don't want to put them out there, but probably Woodridge. It's mm-hmm. it's a really cheap bottle of wine. And you find it at Total Wine and they put, a, put it at the bottom because, you know, mm-hmm. the cheap bottles are at the bottom, at the, bottom. Mm-hmm. the floor. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was probably Woodridge. And what did I write down? Oh, I wrote down the difference between those two bottles was pretty much like Walmart versus William sonoma
0: Wow. And you can tell it right immediately.
3: Yeah. yeah. yeah, A lot of times from the nose of the wine, you can tell. The way it looks, you can tell if it's cheap or not. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's what it felt like.
0: What was that question you were saying earlier you wanted to ask Sarita about wine?
2: Um, why do you swirl? Yes. Why do you swirl it? Before you drink. Mm-hmm.
3: Sure. Because you taste with all five senses. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, the first thing you do is look at it and you're looking for clarity. Because um, a lot of times when we're analyzing wine, trying to figure out, if we're blind tasting, we're looking at it first. You're looking at the color. You're looking at sort of the viscosity. How does it move around the glass? Some people are really into looking at the legs. Like, how does the wine sort of drip down the glass? Mm-hmm. So, but also, you're aerating the wine. You're opening it up. You're adding oxygen. Just think about you staring soup, you know? Ah. So, you just just swirling around, and um, it really opens it up. And it's just a part of the tasting process. Yep, now, that's why I, you swirl.
2: I got another question now. The, like, when you spin it and you're looking at the clarity, are you mm-hmm. looking at the, if it's more, I guess, dense or if it's more sturdy? Is it more sturdy or? A clear. Well, just think
3: of, okay, uh, this is a good explanation. Just think about the different types of milk, like skim okay. milk versus whole milk, okay. The the thickness of it, how it moves. Yeah. How it moves. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah.
0: Does it a cold, the glass? Example. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Perfect. Um, so that brings me to the, the swirling brings me to, and I'm not, I don't know how to say this name. I'm going to chop it up. Wine so, sommelier.
3: Oh, the sommelier? The
0: sommelier. sommelier. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like Eddie, uh, not Eddie Murphy, but uh, uh, Kevin Hart has this show where I think it's called Heart to Heart and he has a wine sommelier and he can't <laughs> say anything. He says, he said, this is my psalm. This is my psalm right here. Okay. You can say psalm.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> so for the, I, I've seen that a lot lately, especially during COVID. I've noticed it um, in different spaces. How important do you think uh, a wine enthusiast versus a wine psalm is to our wine community?
3: I think there are there's so many jobs in wine. Mm-hmm. And what people don't realize is a sommelier is a position. Um, it's a specific position. Now, psalms do different types of jobs. You have psalms that work at wineries. You have a lot of psalms who work in restaurants, and their okay. their job is to select the wine, build a wine program that fits the food for the restaurant, mm-hmm. and then also, they got to sell it. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're artists. They're storytellers. They have to make you want to want the wine. Mm-hmm. So... um and then, um, like I'm not a somm. I'm not a sommelier. People think because I work in wine, I'm a sommelier, but I'm not. Um, I'm a wine educator. That's probably how I would describe myself. But um, yeah. But um, there's a big difference between the positions and wines. But sommeliers, they're they're definitely artists. They're really important.
2: Wow. So when we go to restaurants, sometimes when they bring the bottles of wine out, they suggest mm-hmm. and. Really, they're not suggesting. They're painting at that point is what you're saying. Painting they're, saying they're, suggesting they're all, well, <laughs> Really, you need to take that because that's going to open your palate up more than any of the other ones that are around.
3: Well, honestly, their job is to give you what you want. Mm-hmm. So don't ever feel like you got to drink what they push at you. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's their job to sell a wine, regardless oh. of what wine it is. But their main job is to please you.
0: Okay.
3: Yeah.
0: I love it. I love it. Have you seen um I think me and you we've talked about this um High on the Hog.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: What a beautiful show and I just heard recently that season 2 is coming. They've signed yes. up for season 2. And mm-hmm. Season 2 is coming. Um what episode in High and if you, if you guys out there haven't seen High on the Hog, you're missing a fantastic series yeah. not just for food and wines and drinks but the culture and the background of food um yeah what what episode if you remember back um watching high on the hog uh maybe touch you a little bit more than the the other episodes because i know you're a big food enthusiast and i remember saying on social media to you i think kim lee and a couple other friends have y'all seen high on the hog And you were the one that came back immediately like yes
3: so mm-hmm.
0: it was amazing, da, 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 you know, we yeah. had a little bit of a conversation about it. But yeah. What, what inspired you about High on the Hog?
3: Um, I think it's hard to really pinpoint an episode because I learned so much from the yeah. entire series. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is an episode. It's probably the mac and cheese episode. So there is a specific way, mm-hmm. a simple, a simple, simple way. Mm-hmm. that this woman makes her mac and cheese mm-hmm. and i had never seen that before but i was like that can't possibly be good because she added no seasoning mm-hmm. there's nothing in it mm-hmm. but i have to say that's the way i make my mac and cheese now oh uh, based on that based on that and woman and guess go what
0: back and watch that that one episode now
3: and so my mom i told you she's the person mm-hmm. who brings the mac and cheese
0: mm-hmm.
3: she was like I, well, we got to test it out. And she she now makes her mac and cheese like that also.
1: I'm so de- yeah, she changed I'm- her
3: whole traditional recipe mm-hmm. just with that mac and cheese because it came out so good and it's so simple.
0: I am definitely going to watch it. I remember that episode. Yeah. And I never took a, a chance on it because I said exactly what you said because I make Southern, Southern mac and cheese. And it's like... Sure. Eighty thousand ingredients goes in it, right? So when I saw, wait, I got, I got like, a
3: question. I got a question. Egg or no egg?
0: Egg.
3: Oh, child.
0: I know. <laughs> I know. So when I saw that episode, I was like, that could not be good. There's yeah. no way she didn't put. She didn't put the other eighty thousand things mm-hmm. in the mac and cheese. You yeah.
3: Know? Yeah. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah, so, yeah.
0: Now you got me. So <laughs> the next time we talk, I am gonna let you know. Yeah, How's that mac and cheese. Well, he gonna let you know.
3: But. <laughs> <laughs> like, send me a picture. I am gonna I test ben- everything I, I on benefit,
2: him. I benefit so so well in here. Yeah,
3: so yeah. He makes
2: the food and I eat it. Uh, I yeah,
3: really- and you know what I did? Um, you know what I did one time after High on the Hog came out, and I made that recipe. What made it even better? was I used a smoked cheese, Mm. and I cooked the mac and cheese on the grill in a cast iron.
0: I have cast irons, too. Mm -hmm. I just made a beautiful cornbread in one of my cast irons. Yeah. My husband was like, honey, you don't use your cast irons enough, because this cornbread tastes completely different than the cornbread Mm. in the pan.
3: Cast iron is magical.
0: Yeah. And the seasoning just stays. And it's, you know, and these cast cast iron skillets we have are like 40 years old. Wow. Because they were passed down to us from a dear friend of ours. Mm-hmm. And so um we have um like a probably about six or seven different types of pans. Oh, the man. cornbread pans, the you know, so and they are they're about forty to forty-five years old. So they got That's all amazing. the kind of flavor already embedded in
3: them. yeah.
0: The culture of cooking today is so fast that I don't even know if if the generation now understands the importance mm-hmm. and the stories behind cast iron, maybe that's what I'll do for Black history, mm-hmm. is I'll really dive into mm-hmm. the, the background and the culture of where these cast irons, you know, stoves and pans and stuff come from, because they're well, a conversation.
3: I mean, on the other hand, um, you know, kids are growing up a little different.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
3: even the way they drink their drinking culture is different. They mm-hmm. care about the stories and and actually drinking culture is going down. Mm-hmm. They're um moving to al- alternatives like um cannabis, mm-hmm. um craft beers, mm-hmm. um mocktails, non-alcoholic drinks and beverages or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they care about the stories and they care about where they're coming from. So, you know, it's it's both. Yeah.
0: Yeah, the um the future looks a whole lot different to us than what we thought. Yeah, would look like, and it goes goes both ways because there is definitely some bad parts of it that I look at and I go, oh my god, we this world is in trouble. If yeah. you know, what I mean, mm-hmm. and I still feel like that, and I I won't get off on that tangent because um, I talk with my my oldest grandjoys all the time because it's like I need you guys to be a part. Of the positive trajectory of our world and mm-hmm. not where it's going now. Yeah. You know, um, yesterday, Sarita, we were at a track beat. Um, my um, my oldest grandjoy Diva, she runs track and she did such an amazing job. I'm a tutor horn today, and um, she, <laughs> she broke broke the um, the ninth grade, the freshman um fifty five meter hurdle high school record for her high oh, school. Wow. yesterday she did such a great job. but the story I'm going to tell is that at this track meet was one hundred and twenty five schools mm. from all over the area was at this track meet. so you're talking about in one event we had nineteen hundred students ranging from ninth grade to seniors, you know um and at one point when, when me and my husband was leaving, I had the two little grand with me and I had them in the double st- stroller. My husband went to get to ca- get the car. And I said, well, I'm going to take them to the bathroom before we get on the road. And so I'm going, I'm maneuvering through all these people. And there were probably about six teenagers in front of the bathroom door. They were not there to use the bathroom. They were just standing around chatting and talking, you know, and I'm going through and I said, I said, excuse me. Right. They seemed irritated with me. First of all, mm. that I said, excuse me. And they had to move. And then I have this double stroller and I got to maneuver it so I can open the bathroom door. And not one of those teenagers tried to help. Or open mm-hmm. that bathroom door for me for those two, mm-hmm. and that that simple little thing stayed with me that yeah. entire ride home. You know, I didn't say anything to my husband, but it just in my brain. It was just that simple little thing. My grandson opens the door for you. He mm-hmm. still will open the car door for if he see me coming to the car. He'll like he'll like. Am I sitting? You know, sit right here, and he'll open the door because you know I like to sit in the back. Of mm-hmm. the car because I'm not a a, a huge um, car rider, so I, I will sit in the back and he'll open the door for me. You know, my granddaughter will open the door for someone if she sees him at the store. My grandson will, will open the door for people so much that my daughter will be like, Will you come on, boy? Like, you know, open the door for seven people, and we gotta go.
3: <laughs> yeah, you know? it just makes you wonder, like, how are these kids being raised, though? Yeah,
0: yeah, you know, I, I. I don't know. And and then at one point, too, we were sitting watching and the it was like eight teenagers over my head mm-hmm. screaming for their friend.
1: Mm-hmm. OK,
0: they're screaming and they're cheering. We all are. But y'all do know it's COVID season. Y'all over all over my head. Mm-hmm. I'm masked up. But still, yeah. you know, one yeah. of them comes and stands directly in front of me, wow. like directly in front of me. And I said to him, I said, excuse me. I said, uh, can you please move? You're, You know, I'm watching. You know, you're standing in front of me he turns back to me and he says, I'm watching the mile run. And I said, so am I. And you're in my line of sight. I'm so irritated at this time that I want to, to, to kick this. Yeah. boy. Yeah. Know, because I wasn't raised to be disrespectful to any grownups, you know? Mm-hmm. And so he moves out of the way, but he's clearly irritated and I can hear him. My husband wasn't there at the time. He had went to get us popcorn or something. I don't know. And he's clearly irritated with me. And I hear him cussing with his friends. Mm. You know? And I'm like, these are the children and the teenagers that we are dealing with.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: I I feel for our future if these are the ones that we have to rely on. Sure. Because in my book, Sarita, something as simple as respect, opening a door for a person, a, 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 allowing a person to, to maneuver around you without getting ears. To me, those are simple things that cost nothing that, but they are the biggest tell sign of who you will be or who you are at that very moment. You know sure. So I didn't mean to get off on that, that tangent, mm-hmm. but I totally understand that side of the group that wants the storytelling. like I could sit down and talk to my grandjoys and tell them like all kinds of stories. Mm-hmm. But some kids don't want to hear none of that. They don't want to hear nothing you have to say, and they're disrespectful.
2: Yeah. So. Do you find that the uh, younger generation? I know you were saying that they did they they're going down different paths with drinks Mm -hmm. and everything, but do you find them coming to events when? Oh, they're they're
3: not my demographic. Um, My demographic starts about thirty. Okay. Okay. So, sort of like that millennial, like Mm -hmm. older millennial. but yeah, younger than that, they're not usually watching my stuff. Mm-mm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our demographic on our, even our podcast platform, you know, we were looking at our analytics the mm-hmm. other day and we we're like, our podcast platform starts at about 35, 40. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we do have a few out there, like about 2%, but 35, 40, you know, the grown and sexy. You
3: know? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yep. <laughs>
0: Yeah. So you do so much. You were just talking about you have a full time job. Mm-hmm. You're producing two podcasts. You're doing blogs. You're you're sharing food parents every week. You're going to wine events. You're doing all this stuff. You know how do you? What is your self care? What does your self care looks like? And I know it includes a bottle of wine. <laughs> what does
3: <it> look like? <laughs> um, uh, my self care is silence. Mm-hmm. Um, I sit in silence a lot. Um I take walks in silence. Uh, um most nights I sleep 7 hours. I go to bed. Yeah. I yeah. And my my breaks are scheduled. I'm not a workaholic. I'm not a perfectionist. I'm none of those things. Mm-hmm. So um I rest when I need to. I know what to give myself when. Mm-hmm. So that's my self-care. It's it's constant. Yeah.
0: I love what you said. You said I'm not a workaholic. But you said, I'm not a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. You know, I say that I have an ebook out called um, Give Yourself Grace Daily. And one of the bullets in there is, per- you know, perfection is overrated. Mm-hmm. Like there's no perfection, there's no such thing. And we kill ourselves. You know, we was just talking about, you know, the people in Europe, they talk about how Americans kill themselves searching for perfection and money. You know,
1: yeah.
0: and yep. there's just, I love that. I love that. So who's, you said you had a business coach who, mm-hmm. Um, who mentors you, your business coaches, how, how, how did that relationship start? And, and what do you, what will you recommend to other people who are trying to get into wine? So it's two questions. Okay. All right. Two. It might be three. I don't know. Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> Cause now my mind moved. So you said you had a business coach. How did that mm-hmm. relationship start?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Do you recommend that for, for other, for other people, whether they're in the wine business or entrepreneur? You know, and then that last question is, I want you to tell us how would a person who is really into wine start their journey, their education journey as well? So there was three questions.
3: Okay. So, um, yes, I have a business coach and she was actually a guest on my podcast. Okay. So was this two years ago? About two years ago, there were, there was a show. Um, so some TV is like a, a TV network um and they post different types of con- content they had a competition show called sparklers
1: mm-hmm.
3: and the competition was I think was it five of them it was five contestants and it was daily competitions where they had to pair sparkling wine with some sort of food mm. and we had the whole cast on the podcast on the swirl Suite um One of the cast of Sparklers, she didn't win, but one of the cast, she also does business coaching on the side. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I saw that when I started following them all. And um, I contacted her probably two years ago, maybe maybe not so so much, maybe a year and a half ago, because I was just trying to streamline what I was doing and get more organized so I could have a a clearer vision Mm -hmm. of um, what I needed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so she helped me with that. And do I recommend it? Absolutely. Um, do you need one right away? Maybe not so much, mm-hmm. but, um, I think you should get a mentor first. Um, get a mentor, someone who does what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I've had, I have several mentors. Mm-hmm. I have a podcast mentor. Uh, I have a branding mentor. Um, and uh, a communication mentor. So, and I've picked these up in different, um, you know, times in my life. Recently, um, I was awarded the Roots Fund Scholar Scholarship. Thank you very much. <laughs> so the Roots Fund is pretty much an organization that feeds the BIPOC community in wine. Mm-hmm. So if you want to get into wine and um, you need help resourcing your your certification, they're expensive, Mm -hmm. so they help people get their education in wine me I actually apply just for the community and mentorship my scholarship includes a mentor branding mentor so that's my most recent mentor but um I definitely have a big circle of help that I can reach out to when I have questions but I say start with the mentor first you know think about what you might want to do and see what you know what that would look like
0: now and I think that that third question I was saying is what would a person do to get into that, to the wine journey? And that's what you're saying. Maybe find a a mentor. Yeah. Did I mistake that? Okay. Mm -hmm.
3: Yeah. Just, yeah. Find a mentor and, you know, drink wine, drink wine. It's, I mean, sometimes we take it too serious. Mm -hmm. Just drink the wine, drink the wine and and just figure it out. (laughs) drink it yeah there's so many resources out now there are books about wine um people take different paths in wine um a winemaker you can become a sommelier um a a writer people uh, plenty of wine writers Mm -hmm. so just watch the community reach out to people on instagram you know shoot your shot in in the dms do it yeah do what you need to do Yeah. yeah
0: Them them DMs has caused a lot of entrepreneurs to do some great cat collaboration. Indeed. Great collaboration. Yeah. So in, in the vein, in the vein of wine, winery, and wine events, what do you have planned for Black History Month in that vein?
3: So so two things. The swells, we we are interviewing Black women chefs mm-hmm. for the month of February. So we're gonna be talking about Black food and black winemakers mm-hmm. for the whole month. Um for me. Um, I know I went healthy for January. That is the last healthy one because we're going all Black soul food. <laughs> yes, I February. can't wait,
0: I can't wait, I can't. And so
3: I'm going to pair that with Black winemakers.
0: That is going to be awesome. awesome. Yeah. Very good. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you, Sarita. I am just, you know, we've enjoyed talking to you. It's always such a um a pleasure talking to you. And it's always so easy, you know, and so, you know, humbling and, just down to earth, talking with you. Even when we were doing the Grand Joy book tour, you know, and when I first met you, it was just like it was just so easy. You thank know, you very much. Oh, so thank you, thank you. I appreciate you. So, on this part of um, our interview, we ask, we reach back and we go to a couple episodes and we just ask a question referring mm-hmm. to those episodes. So, one episode from season two, episode twenty three. Is how superstitious are you? So what superstitions do you still carry from your childhood? Or have you ever had any superstition?
3: I can't say that I'm very superstitious, but um I don't I don't put my purse on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> this um
1: way up high <laughs> to wear.
3: Yeah. You I don't put my purse on the floor.
2: floor. She said, like, carry this over there, and they put it on the floor. She'd be like, What are you doing? Oh my God.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Are there um, any
2: superstitions in 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 the wine world?
3: Um, not not that I know of. There are a bunch of things that we do that may seem weird. For instance, if you're going to do some serious tasting, mm-hmm. um, don't brush your teeth. Um, oh. yes, yeah, you swirl around um a a a gulp of something like a uh, a white wine, maybe a Sauvignon Blanc, something a white wine. So when you get up in the morning, it sort of wakes up your palate. And because toothpaste will ruin your palate for a while. So because a lot of times when we're doing serious tasting or if you're a judge in a competition, it can start early in the morning. So, yeah, just try not to. Yeah, you will
0: be tasting all minty and crest. (laughs) Yeah,
3: exactly. Yeah. Yep.
0: (laughs) I love it. I love it. And then our last
3: needs to know.
0: (laughs) Check, (laughs) don't brush teeth. Don't
2: brush teeth. Yuck, mouth in it today. Hey, everybody.
0: (laughs) Oh, sorry, going to a wine tasting. Catch me later. Uh huh. (laughs) And and our last question is. Me and a really dear friend of mine on season four, episode fifty-four, we did a episode called, Is Being Called a Strong Woman really a compliment? And the reason we did this episode is because of a um, um an entrepreneur that I follow, April Mason, who is amazing. And she always talked about the, you know, searching for the identity of a woman and And when you're calling yourself so strong, a lot of people look at you and they won't come to your aid and they don't check on their strong friends because they go, oh, she's okay. She's, you know, what what's your opinion on that on is being a strong woman really call a compliment?
3: I, I actually agree. I think if someone calls you a, and it's not for all situations, but a lot of times when someone calls you the strong, you know, the strong woman, it gives them a reason not to help you. It gives them a reason reason to be lazy around you. Like, oh, she got it. She got it. She can carry it. Yeah. So um, so no, I I don't really think it's a compliment. It's a cop out.
0: I love that. I love the way you put it because I was looking at it as, you know, people don't check on their strong friends, but not the fact that they utilize that mm-hmm. as an excuse not to. Well, let me check on her because, and I'm going to say I've been guilty of that because now that you put it that way. Um, even in raising my girls, I was like, you know, you know what, let me let me give her more b- because she needs me more, and she's got this, she's strong in that, she's got this. But my girls have both told me, Well, you always thought I had it because I worked hard at it, but I needed you and mm-hmm. I needed your help. I needed you to just ask me, Was I okay? You yeah. know, ah, oh, that is so good, that's so good. Yeah. Well. Sarita, we love you. Thank you so very much. Thank you. Thank you
3: you guys so much for having me.
0: Oh, we love this. We love this. And we are looking forward to give us that information on the wine club and we'll post that. We'll put any information you need us to put in our show notes. Um, We're looking forward to getting uh, to to February with all the the soul food and the black wine. Parents, I am ready, girl. You know, look. (laughs) Look, now, I'm ready. (laughs) You know me, I'm on the newsletter. I'm ready. So just let me know. Um, Give us what your current project is. I know that's one of them. What else is next? Where can your community find you and just give them a shout out?
3: Yeah, so we're just gonna be doing all black everything um for the next month. Uh follow me at Vine Me Up on all social media. I'm even on TikTok. Um my newsletter, yeah, my website is uh VimeUp Yeah, that's that's it.
0: We tried on the TikTok. Well, he, he didn't care <laughs> about social media at all. Mm. Period. You already know that you've seen he he posts on our anniversary and my birthday, I think. But he doesn't. He's just not a social media. And we tried to do the TikTok thing. I think we got one TikTok thing out there. And I even had it on our if, our business board as TikTok Tuesday. Every Tuesday we're going to do a TikTok. Oh, cute, girl. cute. It has if, not happened. If you're if yeah. you're not in my phone,
2: in in you don't text me or call me you're probably not gonna talk to me on social yeah
3: well it's good because y'all haven't been trapped by tiktok because it's it's a sinkhole it's It's addicting it's it's it is
0: it really is girl it's just we just tiktok and twitter we just haven't been able to get our footing on okay instagram is our platform and and facebook but I usually post on Instagram and just click the thing to say put this on Facebook too. So it ain't even like I put any effort. And my right. and my grandjoy says that Facebook is the old people platform anyway. Yeah, it so, is. You know, <laughs> and so nobody's watching it. But I'm like, but that's my demographics. So. Exactly.
3: Your yeah, <laughs> your people are there. <laughs> but also my um uh my mentors and branding coach said pay more attention to LinkedIn. Oh,
0: so I just started yeah. that. So literally yeah. I just started utilizing LinkedIn in the last two weeks. So last mm-hmm. week I, I put a blog article out there. Yeah. This week, um, one of my guests, Julian B. Kaganda, who is just she was my writing uh, mentor. So I put our interview of her out there because she's a big LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. So I just started using LinkedIn and I've been really getting some really great um reception out there so yeah. i agree i agree yep. and, um it's for and, and, and on linkedin that's where the people out there entrepreneurs that will spend money and pay attention yep you know, linkedin so totally agree all right so you know we are big huge coffee buffs that's our thing yeah. Uh-huh. If we if we wanted to do an education around drinking, it would be coffee because <laughs> that is truly our thing and and we 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 dream one day that we will have our own coffee brand. Oh. And we're trying to educate ourselves around that process. Okay. But what wines would pair with a great coffee or what wines would make us feel like we are in the coffee space? Do you hmm. know? That? Mm. Ooh. I know. Wasn't that a good question?
3: That's an interesting question. Um, That's tough because coffee can be really strong. Um, Well,
0: his can. His can. I I pimp my coffee out a little bit. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Let me see. If I had to pair wine with a coffee.
0: Or if you had to pair wine. I'm going to give you this. If you had to pair wine with a tiramisu, which is a dessert. Oh, for sure. Mm
3: -hmm. Okay.
0: Or in the place of coffee.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay. A wine with tiramisu. I think I would go with, I think I would go with a tawny port. Mm, okay. So it's a dessert wine. Yeah. It's an aged dessert wine. It has a like a caramel raisin color. And yeah. My
0: son loves a, a port. He loves yeah. it. So um, he'll love to hear that when he's editing this podcast. He'd be like, see, told y'all. <laughs> <laughs> love it love it so sabrina yeah. before we end what parting words or words of advice do you have to leave with us all
3: uh this is probably my favorite quote um it's an unknown you know i don't know who, what quote who originated this quote but it's um build your own dream or are you going to find yourself getting paid to build someone else's yeah
0: Oh, I love that. I love yeah. That. I like that. And it's true. We've been building somebody else's dream for many years. Sure. Many years. And then out of the the out of out of tragic comes triumph. So mm. out of the pandemic, we start really like looking at we've been wanting to do this for so long. Let's just do it, you know. And I hate that it had to come out of such a painful sure. know, uh era. And we're still living it, you know, a lot too. Throughout, but um, God has a way of tapping you on the shoulder and saying, okay, remember when you said you wanted to do this? Yeah. And so we've been doing this and we have a lot of irons in the fire right now, just trying to find our niche. But we have spent many, many years building dreams for other people and seeing them thrive on their dreams while we just survive without our dreams.
3: Yeah. For sure.
0: So I totally, totally agree. Thank you so much. Thank for you for guys. For coming on our platform. Thank you so much. We appreciate you, Sarita. We appreciate what you do in the community, and the wine community. We appreciate how you really bring forth the diverse representation um in your platform. I love your newsletter. I love, you know, listening. You know, I don't get to listen to every po- I have so many podcasts, but I do listen to Swirl Sweet a little bit. Okay. And I've, I've not listened to Bees and Butter. So I'm going to start listening to that. I try to pick a day, a podcast day where I can listen to all these different podcasts because the podcast yeah. community has showed us so much love.
3: And you know what's interesting, podcasting was going down before the pandemic mm-hmm. and then it shot right back up mm-hmm. cuz everybody has something to say. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they've always had something to say. They just never took time mm-hmm. to say it because we're so busy building someone else's dream.
3: Yeah. Yeah. You know?
0: So sure. uh, I love it. And you know, we we look at those statistics too and a lot of our podcasts, you know, fellow teams out there, they don't make it. They do Seven yeah. to 10 episodes and they find out how much work.
3: Oh, it's a whole nother job. <laughs> it's a, mm-hmm.
0: Yes, honey. It's a,
3: several different jobs in mm-hmm. one.
0: It yeah. really is. It really is. And they figure out, they, they think it's just jumping behind that mic and talking. Mm-hmm. And they don't realize that there is so many levels to podcasting. And there are so many things that you have to do. Yeah. You know, it's 80% business and work and 20% around, you know, on that mic. Oh, yeah. So, yep. I totally agree. Thank you so much, everybody. Um, Vine Me Up Media, Vine Me Up DC. Find her on your social media platforms. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have everything on our show notes for us. She graced us today, gave us so much information. Yes. I have a a, a neighbor here, uh, Ms. Crystal. I know she is going to love this episode <laughs> because her and her husband are wine um, you know, enthusiasts, they go to all the wine tastings and all the wineries. So I know she's going to love this. Thank you so much. You guys can follow us at, at truthandcoffietime.com. I mean, at truthandcoffietime or at Diverse Love on social media, platter, the social media platform. You can also contact us on hello at love.com or truthandcoffeetime at gmail.com. Check out our website. We got new merchandise out there um check out um buy me up i know they have new merchandise i saw the swirl suite yeah the hoodies and the shirts i even think i saw some socks
3: oh yeah you got buy me up socks on
0: there <laughs> <Saw> some <laughs> buy me up socks I- so check her out you guys check out what she's going to be doing for black history month appearing of soul foods with our black wine community that is going to be off the chain check it out We love y'all for real, and we are so happy that you allowed Sarita Chavis and Mr. B&D from the Truth and Coffee Time platform to come into your home or your car or wherever you are and share our truth over coffee and maybe a glass of wine. There you go. (laughs) Cheers. Cheers. thank you friends for hanging with us we got you don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and also please follow us on ig facebook and twitter our social platform is at diverse love that's d-i-v-e-r-s-e-l-u-v
2: and don't forget you can listen to our podcast on anchor spotify apple google or wherever you get your podcast fix
0: Thank you, friends. We love y'all for real.
2: Okay, me. Take us out.
0: It's Truth in Coffee time. Help me not think about all my lows. Think of who you are sometimes. Girl, you always on my mind. Looking like it's Truth in Coffee time. Tell me what you really want to know.